you have to keep up appearances, okay? Mm. Uh, but don't let the appearances fool you. Mm. Don't let the appearances fool you, okay? What's up, tribe? Welcome back to the podcast that brings you closer to the world's biggest risk takers and enemies of the status quo. This podcast is for people who want to take the plunge in life, but need a little nudge. I'm your host, Coach Darren K. Roberts, and I went from Harvard Law to the NFL by the grace of God and good old-fashioned grit. That melodic voice you heard was Adesina Koike, the CEO and founder of A Lot of Sports Talk a media platform that provides in-depth news commentary in the wide world of sports. Adesina crafted a pivot from ESPN to creating sports content that reaches tens of thousands of people each day. Let's tune in and get ready to listen to Adesina Corky. All right, Addy, first question for you. Let's say that I barge into your high school. You're in the 11th grade and I am pull you out of English class, hopefully you're not sleeping, and ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would that answer have been? Uh, first of all, I would have been sleeping more than likely in English <laughs> class. I doubt uh, it. <laughs> um, I was really geared towards being um, a doctor, possibly a surgeon. I did want to be in sports medicine. Uh, hmm. It fascinated me just knowing about athletes and uh, rehab and recovery. But back then, I wanted to marry sports and medicine. Uh, so hmm. I think that would have been my answer uh, back then. So it wasn't solely sports, but I wanted to marry sports with healing because uh, I was just very interested in how the uh, human body works. So I think that that would have been what I would have said uh, back when I was 16, 17 years old. So let me ask you this. You go to Syracuse. When does this start to shift over into the journalistic front because now you have a behemoth of an operation going and we're going to talk about a lot of sports talk um, and this platform that you've built but while you were in, in cold Syracuse <laughs> when did you start to morph and move over into the journalism space uh, first the end of my first semester of freshman year when I had taken in my first semester freshman year, introductory journalism, COM 101, uh, introductor, uh, introduction to biology and its lab, um, chemistry 101 and its lab, uh, and two other courses. I, I had 18 credits uh, my first year, and I worked myself to the ground uh, my first semester freshman year when so many other people were enjoying the college experience. And I thought, wait, I'm missing what you guys are experiencing right now, okay? Because I'm in biology lab at 7 p.m., and then I go back to my dorm and eat and sleep while everyone around campus is, like, smiling and laughing, and, and I'm just trying to figure out, wait, how do I get this? So the university is well known for its on-campus uh, radio station or a few on-campus radio stations, but the one that I guess the most notoriety is WAER, uh, which is where, uh, among other things, it's a jazz station um, and, and a public radio station, but also the Syracuse University 
men's basketball team, uh, the football team, and the lacrosse team, uh, students produce and broadcast uh, major college sports on that station. Uh, so I thought I wanted to be a part of it. When I realized what it took for me to be a part of the WAER staff to be considered to do play-by-play for the Syracuse University football team or men's basketball team. It scared me. Uh, (laughs) I had to wake up and do, I want to say, a five-minute newscast at about four in the morning. And that's how I had to pay my dues. Now, I will say, I did that a couple of times. And me being 19 years old at the time, I thought, no, I can't do this. Like, this is what I have to do um, to even get a sniff (laughs) at broadcasting a Syracuse game against Colgate. Uh, Waking up at four o'clock, you know, three o'clock in the morning, getting to the uh, station at four o'clock in the morning. I wasn't ready then. I can say that right now. At that moment, I wasn't ready for that. Um, But I knew that that was the sacrifice that uh, you needed uh, uh, to take to be able to get to a point where you can broadcast and consistently make those sacrifices to get to the point where uh, your superiors realize that uh, you're serious. So that was my job. <laughs> that was my job. <laughs> All right. Take us to the next step, because I really want to get to you know, the platform that you built. And this is something that you've you've crafted this sports platform from the ground up. You know, you and I met. You are a fact checker. This was 2000. I was thinking about this, Addy. 2009. Mm-hmm. Talk about, you know, you pick up the phone and we have a conversation. Take us back to the way that you and I (laughs) met via telephone. Gladly. Okay. So by this point, um, I had uh, caught on with ESPN, the magazine, um, as a researcher. Um, And actually, a a couple of years before that, I ended up uh, doing radio in uh, Salisbury, Maryland, uh, broadcasting minor league baseball for the Baltimore Orioles affiliate, which I loved. Didn't get paid, but I loved. Um, ended up going back to ESPN the magazine. And in 2009, one of the stories that I was assigned to fact check to make sure that all of the statements of fact in the story are indeed facts <laughs> uh, was the story of a man from Texas who went from the University of Texas to Harvard Law School with his only football playing experience being in high school that I knew of, could have been juniors as well. And that person took the path from University of Texas to Harvard Law School to becoming an NFL coach. And here were the six easy steps to do that, uh, as we as we put it. And it was so fascinating just to read the story because I usually go into it, you know, very business approach. Okay. Make sure that this fact is correct. Or if he spent three years here, make sure it's three years or all that. And uh, call the writer, call the main subjects of the story. And I read the story and I'm not even thinking about the facts of the story. I'm just thinking about just the absolute will and determination that this person has to, have this career change 
that almost everybody would think this is insane, that this could even be possible. And when I knew it was possible and saw it in front of my face reading this, um, along with calling the writer, um, who was a person that you went to uh, Harvard Law School with, um, I had to call you. And it was more for just getting to know you and getting to know this inspiration, this person who I knew was going to inspire so many people, more than just, okay, I'm Adesh Unicorka from ESPN Magazine. How are you? Good. Okay, I have to make sure that there are these few things that are right. No, I, I didn't want to have that sort of conversation. Um, the funny thing is, and I think you remember this, when I called you to confirm facts in the story, <laughs> When I introduced myself, I am effusive in praise at the very beginning, you know, introducing myself. You, after, you know, I'm, I'm fawning, you end up telling me, wow, you're at ESPN the Magazine? That's so awesome. And you ask me, oh, how did I get to ESPN the Magazine? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, wait, 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 you are the most interesting man in the world. Why are you asking no, me no. the question about how I'm getting to ESPN the magazine? You're you're coaching the you are coaching with the Detroit Lions in the National Football League and I read this story where you go from uh, uh, government honors at the University of Texas to uh, Harvard Law School, no experience in football or little experience in football except for the uh, uh, Steve Spurrier camp I think you worked at in Columbia, South Carolina yeah. uh, for a summer while you were uh, interning uh, at a court in South Carolina, I believe, um, to go to being an NFL head coach and being the first person up uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs and Herman Edwards giving you a chance, even though it's, it seemed as if no one would give you a chance just for the uh, sheer oddity of seeing your career path and wanting to be an NFL head coach. Uh, so when you asked me how I got to where I was it was it's it startled me. I was flattered, but it startled me because I was just reading this amazing story and you wanted to know my story. And once you asked me that question, I knew the character that you brought uh, to the table. So well, first, I, I got to have to thank you for all of the kind words. And I just want to say, too, that I think kind of just zooming out that something that was important for me was I was genuinely interested in the path that got you to ESPN, the magazine, because I know how extremely difficult, um, crazy, tough it is to get those sorts of gigs. And so I felt like something, you had something that could help me on my journey. Right. I mean, I, I, I knew that I had not arrived anywhere. Um, and even though, you know, I'd gone from being in a closet in Arrowhead to now having a nameplate <laughs> at at Ford Field. Um, I still was very much trying to figure out how to survive in the league. And so I really appreciated hearing your story. And I think just for folks in the tribe listening, it's important no matter where you get or, you know, what title you get or what compensation level um, you obtain. Someone has something that can help you on your journey and just have the humility to ask. I think so many people sort of assume that they get the story, but yeah. you've, you've got to ask, you've got to ask. And, and, I'll, and I'll just add to that. Um, and it's such a great point. So in 2009, I have ESPN attached to my resume. You are wearing a polo shirt with the Detroit lions logo on it. 
But that didn't mean and doesn't mean that we got it made, that we know the answers, um, all the answers that we need to know. I'm still on the very low end of the totem pole at ESPN as a researcher. I am just trying to do the best job that I can just to get to the point where I can actually report on stories um, and go to different events. That hadn't happened yet. And yourself uh, with the Detroit Lions and with the Kansas City Chiefs even before that. Yes, you have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs logo um, on a shirt or on a jacket, but just don't let that fool you into thinking, A, that there wasn't a certain level of hard work that was put in to get to that point, and B, there's still a whole lot left to do to get to where you want to go. So, of course, you need to keep up appearances, but appearances can fool you. Not necessarily mm. us, but they can fool you. Okay. Ooh, that's, the, that's the pool quote for this. I'm telling you, everyone, <laughs> I want you to say that one more time for him, Eddie, because you know, someone was, was pulling out the, uh, the hot pocket out of the, out of the microwave and missed it. <laughs> you have to keep up appearances, okay? Mm. Uh, but don't let the appearances fool you. Hmm. And another thing, you know, you got me going now. Another thing with this brand, you know, oftentimes we hide behind our brands and we think, oh, I'm working for Nike. I'm working for insert law firm here. Folks out there, you have to remember that you may not be at the center of the brand's strategic plan. So I know this may come as a newsflash to people, but the CEO, the leadership team may not be thinking of your considerations when making decisions about the future. So don't be deceived into thinking because you have a job and a title at a certain place today that tomorrow that could all change, which is just another reason why you need to cultivate the side hustle. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and when you mention that this brand uh, that you work for, you are far from the centerpiece from it. But if you take a wrong step, uh, they'll be the first to you know throw you out the door. Yes, yes, <laughs> they'll yes. Be the first to throw you out. Okay, <laughs> so you be the center of their attention for a moment, <laughs> for about two seconds, uh, when they show you the door and kick you out. Listen, uh, I, you know it's so true. I want to I want to take us to the humble beginnings of a lot of sports talk, and you've been at this now for six years, right? Six years. Yeah, talk about the thought process behind building this platform, some of the early pain points you found, and then give us a sense of sort of the scale and what you've been able to achieve today. Okay, so uh, I'll get to the point uh, very quickly as to the origins of a lot of sports talk and why uh, I started it. Two words, upcoming unemployment. (laughs) Simple as that. ESPN, the magazine was moving from New York City to Bristol, Connecticut. And I had to make a decision. Do I move with ESPN, the magazine, move all my things, head up to Bristol, Connecticut, or do I take my chances? Do I not move and you know, find myself on the unemployment line? Mm-hmm. And it was tough uh, to think that one could leave, quote unquote, the worldwide leader. Uh, but I knew that you know, I, I'd gotten a few more uh, reporting gigs. I had gone to a few more events. Um, you know, I finally started to uh, cover a few big games through ESPN. Uh, but I, uh, I had a feeling that 
um, there was something bigger for me in the sense that um, I thought that what was going on with ESPN the magazine, getting a few more events, uh, covering events, the things I was doing at those events, I wasn't sure that that's what I wanted to do for the next few years. Hmm. Um, along with uh, continuing to still do the research part of it. Uh, so I made the tough decision to uh, leave. And I, I ended up working with the magazine for a few more months uh, before they moved. And I was talking with my brother and my brother and I, my older brother and I, we always joke when we watch sports. Uh, and, I, and I'm usually the person that you know throws out the punchlines. And my brother suggested to me, you have to take all of these quips and jokes and just find a place for them and see if it sticks. So we literally went into the essentially to the internet to see if it sticks. And while I was winding down with the magazine, my brother and I just said, okay, let's, let's just start a site. We really don't know where this is going to go. We don't know. But let's just do something. Let's just continue to have your platform out there. Make sure that someone, someone is watching you work. Make hmm. sure someone hmm. is watching you work. Okay? Anyone. He, he could be <laughs> 50 years old and a CEO or she can be seven years old and just learning sports or just wants to laugh. Okay, make sure someone is watching you work. And I knew I wasn't going to be working with the magazine, but I still had to work somehow. Okay, and I think I was able to understand the word work isn't necessarily in an office or on a field. Okay, that's the grind. Okay, that's the mm -hmm. hustle. Okay, and I think that's um, those are the words that uh, now are used. Okay, and, and it's great. So I had to continue this hustle. Find someone to watch me work. So my brother's a big IT guy, and I was good with content. And we had to come up with a name. We're not geniuses in terms of branding, okay? So, yeah, we just talk about sports a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of sports talk, right? In my mother's kitchen, a lot of sports talk was officially launched from my old MacBook Pro laptop. Wow. You know, and for listeners out there, you can go to a lot of sportstalk.com and just get a sense of the breadth. I mean, you cover every major sport. Give me sort of a, an approximation of the number of posts that you had. I mean, you've covered events, basketball, football, you name it. Talk about the number you think that you've that you've covered in your time. Before you go to a lots of sportstalk.com, make sure to know that is it's the formal way to spell lots of, not lots of, L-O-T-O-F, not L-O-T-T-A. Okay, so A-L-O-T-O-F, sports, plural, S-P-O-R-T-S, talk, T-A-L-K.com. Now, the number of posts that I've put up, oh boy, it's in the thousands, okay? It's in the thousands. Oh, it's well over in the past six years. Um, I mean, it's probably about like, you know, almost like 3,500, uh, stories, uh, that we've put up, uh, all together in the past, uh, uh, six years, a lot more since 2014, because I, I did struggle, 
uh, around 2013. So I ended up kind of catching back on with ESPN a little bit um, after they had moved. Um, I ended up doing a little bit of play-by-play online for a few uh, HBCU basketball games and did the uh, conference tournament, the MEAC, Mideastern Athletic Conference uh, men's basketball tournament uh, in 2013. But I struggled a little bit in 2013. I didn't get the access. I think that's kind of the most important thing that I have to talk about with the number of events and the number of sports that I've covered. The access was the hardest part. Hmm. Because Adashina Koike with ESPN will cover a lot of events. Adashina Koike with a lot of sports talk brings a lot of skepticism hmm. from sports information directors and people in charge of giving out credentials. That was a lot of work. Um, and what I needed to do was to put out a product that when these sports information directors look at our product, if they even give us that chance, if they even give us the time to type a lot of sportstalk.com and look at our content, because that's not even a guarantee. Because there are there are another there are there are a number of times where if they don't really recognize you or the brand, uh, you're behind the eight ball. Hmm. Immediately. And this goes back to your point of, you know, people need to see you working. And one of the things that helped you to start sort of stockpiling these credentials is the fact that you had this body of work. So it made the case easier, right? For yep. when you need to get access, you could point back and say, hey, I've covered these events and these venues at these times. I'm a consistent yeah. content creator. Yes. You need to and, give me the credentials. Yeah. And eventually what I came to understand is... They may say no to you, and that's absolutely positively fine, but make it hard for them hmm. to say no. Hmm. Make it hard on them to say no. Because when I started to – now, the first few events that I covered for a lot of sports talk, again, as I said, I have no access. ESPN is gone. I am no longer uh, with ESPN at that moment, so I can't go and say, oh, I'm Adashina Koiki of ESPN – let me apply to this. They may not even know. They may not even know you. But once to see ESPN and confirm that you're with ESPN, pfft, fine, you're in. Okay. When a lot of sports talk was attached to it, I had to make sure that if they even gave me the time, and they went to their site, they see the work that I was doing. And in 2012, that access was unbelievably limited, at least in terms of big uh, pro sports and most collegiate sports hmm. okay i i could do fordham university and for before anything else i have to credit fordham university uh because they were the first university the first school to give us as a lot of sports talk access to their events and i could not thank that university enough in the Bronx. Um, and I live in uh, Brooklyn. I'm in New York City. So uh, not too far away from me. Once that avenue was opened, Reform University allowed me to cover their games for this nascent ragtag website with so much white space that no one would think this is a legitimate sports news reporting agency and talk about appearances. 
that appearance, if you went to my website back in 2012 and 13 and 14, it was just so much white space. It just, I just didn't have the resources to make the website look like ESPN, look like Yahoo, look like all these different websites where the second you go on it, the appearance is of a reputable online news agency. I didn't have that look. I couldn't afford it. I could not afford it. But what I could do was put in the work. 2012 was hard. 2013 was harder. 2014 came. And I just, I, 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 got, I almost was at my wit's end because I still didn't really break through. I ended up covering a couple of football games, uh, NFL games, but it wasn't through a lot of sports talk. But I still did a lot of sports talk work on the side while I was at that game. Uh, so, uh, I, I kind of cherry picked a little bit. I love uh, it. I love it. Yeah. So, so I, I had to, um, 2014 comes and I'm at my wits end and I, the, the sport that I love to cover more than anything is college basketball. Um, I grew up, you know, loving the NCAA tournament. My first memories of the NCAA tournament go back to 1987 uh, with Keith Smart hitting the shot against Syracuse. Um, I did not know 13 years later that I would actually go to Syracuse University. Um, uh, but in 87, Indiana beat Syracuse. Um, and I loved the NCAA tournament ever since. Just that the thrill, the one and done nature, you know, the underdogs that could rise up and beat a powerhouse. I loved every, every minute of it. I love it. I, I wanted to be a part of it. Now, now let me ask you this. Now we're going to go into the lightning round and this is this is yeah. the you know it as the 2 minute drill rapid fire. <laughs> you just give me a first thing comes to your mind and we'll have to get you back on the show. Here's the first one. If you could craft any class, right? A class that would be taught to every college student in the world. What would the name of that class be? Mm. Resilience one on one. Wow. Uh, Self confidence isn't as much about skill and talent as much as it is about resilience. All of the skilled and talented people in sports, they will fail at certain aspects and projects. But that doesn't mean you're not skilled. It doesn't mean you're not talented or not as talented as you thought. Uh, Self confidence is all about. I think resilience because I mean, you'll take a blow. I mean, things will not work, but that doesn't mean that you're not capable. So more than, so more than anything else, it'll be resilience, how to be resilient. Here's the next one. What is the name of the book? The title of the book that you have not written. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I need to know. What I need to know today. I'll put it that way. What I need to know today. What I need to know today. And and give us this. Give some folks in the tribe. This will be the last one. What are some some things that you reflect on or use? Books, videos, podcasts, um, songs, you name it. But what are some inspirational tools that you use to sort of keep you going? Uh, two things. Okay, three things. I'm sorry. And I know uh, it's pretty quick. One, the movie Bruce Almighty. (laughs) Uh, Jim Carrey plays a reporter who thinks he should be the feature anchor 
and ends up not getting the job. It goes to Steve Carell's character. And eventually Jim Carrey gets the gifts uh, of the supernatural from God himself, um, but then realizes that, no, this is not what I really needed. Okay, as much as he thought that it was good to control the narrative, you control the narrative. No one else controls the narrative. So I use movies. I use that movie specifically because that inspired me to go back to Syracuse University after I graduated and do more on my resume tape. Um, So that uh, was one. Two, my father, uh, because when I started uh, a lot of sports talk, um, uh, my dad had started to get sick and that was in 2012 and he eventually passed away um, in 2014. When I did a couple of stories uh, f- uh, for the website, for my website and put it up and I had my dad see them, uh, he was so proud hmm. and he knew that um, I could be the best. And every time I go and do a story today, I almost have in mind that every time I do a story after I'm done that I'm going back home and showing my father. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's a second motivation. The third motivation, um, and I just want to get this out, um, are all the people that help that that have that, all my interns, hmm. all my interns. And I know we just have you know a few more seconds or minutes, um, but I, there are five people who have interned with me, and not just interned as in get a cup of coffee. Interned as in let me put you on camera, see what you're good at, see what you need to improve on, and continue to try it out. I have five people now who are reporters, whether on television or, or online or a newspaper, that interned with me, that are now working at big uh, radio stations and TV stations. And their success just, 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 just brings so much joy to me. So what motivates me is the success of others. Fills me up with with so many positive emotions. Addy, man, you're an inspiration. I want to also tell folks out there in the tribe that Addy has served as the assistant program director and really, you know, of the fourth and one football camp, which is a camp that we have and built together with with some other great friends that brings high school football players. These aren't blue chippers who will be playing on Saturdays for some division one program, but guys who love the game, but also want to get better at life. And we teach them ACT prep. Addie's taught, you know, a sports journalism class and uh, everything from writing thank you notes to dress etiquette. And Addie has toiled away in the East Texas heat for eight straight years, we're going into number nine, and the camp as a whole has had 500 young men come through it. And so I just want to thank you on behalf of all those young men and the ones that uh, that will be in the program this year and moving forward. Thank you for giving us your time and your energy and your passion, man. It's been, it's been um, an unbelievable experience having you a part of the team. No, uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, you and so many other people that have worked uh, at 4th and 1 to uh, bring me to the camp. And it's been a wonderful experience. As I mentioned, you know, I thrive on other people's success, knowing that I put in some sort of dedication and work to uh, get them, the young student athletes, um, uh, in a better position to make better decisions Hmm. going forward. And no, I, I cannot uh, thank you enough for thinking that my inclusion 
could be a positive at the football camp. And I, I love it every year. And, and I can't wait to be uh, running around in the 105 degree heat um, <laughs> uh, in a few months. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Addie, thank you so much. I hey, Listen, I know you have one of the busier schedules on the planet. And we've been working to make this happen. And I thank you for carving out some time to jump on Skype and, and really give some honest and candid advice to people out there who are you know, looking to make career pivots, who may be wanting to get ventures off the ground that they've been sitting on for a while. So I think that your advice and your energy will be just the things that they need to to move over into the go column. So thank you so much, man. No, thank you. I want to mention one thing really quick. Yeah. Really, really quick. Of all of the people who have wanted to be a better reporter, a better journalist, okay, one of the most that, that that ended up working with me, one of the most talented people I have come across is someone who was a bartender and waitress <laughs> mentioned to a friend that I know that her dream job is sports reporter. My friend who heard that wrote to me and said, I just met someone who's a bartender at a bar that she really wants to do sports journalism. And she and I have worked for the past two years. She is amazing. And you, that, yeah. You know, you know, on that point, the fact that she told her friend, you know, I think that's a, that's another great takeaway is that, you know, don't keep your dreams a secret. You know, people oftentimes will, you know, a lot of people don't journal, but some do, or they'll have resolutions and won't tell people, but it is to your benefit to let people know where you want to be, what you want to be doing because they have a connection. There may be one or two degrees of separation that will get you to the opportunity of a lifetime. And you listen to this woman who was a bartender, you know, now she's doing incredible work with you. Um, that says a lot about her and for you, you know, giving her an opportunity. Yeah. And here, and here's what I'll do. Um, so she, within a year of telling my friend this, She's at a game with me interviewing a couple of players from Villanova uh, University. This is 2016. Villanova wins the national championship. So now on her resume, if she chooses, um, she has interviews with two of the instrumental players on the Villanova team that ended up winning the national championship. And that happened within a year of her saying, hey, this is like my dream. This is what I really want to do. You, it can come true. It can easily come true. I'm not a genie. I'm not a genie. Okay? But all I'm saying is, if you really, really think that sports journalism or sports reporting is down your alley, please give me a call. Email me. Please do. Hey, and Tribe, he means it. I mean, listen, this is someone who's, he gives people opportunities, and there aren't a lot of folks like that out there who are willing to give you a chance at being the person you want to be. So if you want to go into sports journalism, then I'm telling you a lot of sports talk, not a lot of, but a lot, <laughs> not the East Texas vernacular, but a lot of sports talk.com. Reach out to Addie. Addie, thank you so much on behalf of the folks in the tribe out there. Thank you for coming in and, and blessing us with your presence, man. And good luck. 
Uh, I need it. Uh, no, Darren, <laughs> thank you so much, Darren. I'm so happy uh, that you had me on as a guest, and I'm so happy for the tribe to uh, listen to this and just just hear part of my story and our story uh, together and continuing that climb uh, up the mountain. And uh, it, it's great to continue to climb up the mountain with people who know and people who you know will not let you fail. So, Darren, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's show. For show notes and to get goodies to all of the links from the show, visit a tribe called yes.com. That's a tribe called yes.com. And I have one ask for you. If you like the show, give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. It would really help us to spread the gospel of the tribe. And finally, special thanks to Samantha Skinner and Jacob Weiss, our co-producers and partners in crime, for serving up incredible episodes every single week from the University of Texas. Now go out there this week, slay some dragons, and keep saying yes.